You want to start with a prayer? Sure. I can pray tonight. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. So seriously, this conversation that I had tonight with uh, the guy that I do, well, he's a visitor at my field education site, where uh, it's just like a homeless shelter. We were talking about, so he asked me to research the pine cone on the Pope's staff, okay, which apparently there's a giant pine cone in the Vatican as well. The, just like Pope Francis's staff specifically, or is there no, always No, this a... is the Pope's. This is like... I think it's it's a tradition. Like a scepter? There's a giant yeah. pine cone in the Vatican Museum <clears throat> yeah. in one of the gardens. A real pine cone? No. Statue. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a statue. So I think it's a pagan symbol that they like baptized to be a Christian symbol of life, I'm pretty sure. So That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I asked Dr. Mac about it, and he's like, yeah, there's pine cones in uh, some of the buildings here at Mundelein, mm-hmm. but it's like just something that represents life, that reproduction, the right. evergreen... And then uh, also, the, obviously, the garden and the heavenly Jerusalem. So, But he tells me to research it in the context of the pineal gland, okay, which is apparently a portion of the brain. That's where Descartes thought the seat of the soul was. Okay, that's exactly what this is all about. So it's like consciousness. and he, So he's talking to me about this. I researched so that we could talk about this. And, uh, <laughs> I almost got it. I was interested in it. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if he's homeless. But he but, comes to eat there. Yeah, he comes to eat there. So then he starts talking about like how... He, our brains can, because of the fluoride in the water, we're not able to develop our pineal glands properly e- to like see to see God. So he thinks that we were created with the ability to talk directly to God, mm-hmm. but our pineal glands and the government have like not allowed our pineal glands to grow properly. So I'm like, whew, this is getting real Ooh, right now. Getting real so weird. We got fluoride in the water. We have the government telling us all these things, and then. Whatever. And then he starts talking about how Earth used to be the second planet, and then it collided with another planet, and like now we're the third planet. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if these guys that talk like this were actually right? I think like, if we just... were all... Because, I mean, the difference between a conspiracy theorist and, like, the greatest mind on Earth... Yeah. It's just that the greatest minds happen to be right. That's very true. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they, they thought, unlike anyone else... <laughs> it's true. But then this is where... So he started talking about how, like, in order to access the pineal gland, you need certain chemicals that your body can produce but very rarely produces because of, you know, like the government or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can, use R- cheese. you can use REM or something like that. Like, that's what you need. But also forms of LSD work as well. If you're like, yeah. Okay. That explains what you're eating. I that. see... <laughs> Right, I see what this is. I see where this is now. That's sad, man. I think it a lot is. Of it, it is. A lot of the problems with poverty have to do with mental illness mm-hmm. in this country. I think that's an established fact. Yeah. But so then you got to ask, where does that come from? Well, I think more of the harder questions, like, what do you do with it? 
Because if somebody comes up to you in that conversation, you're like, you can be generous with them with your time and sort of be there for them, treat them like a human being, mm-hmm. and give them the dignity they deserve by by having a conversation with them. But when the conversation goes so off the rails, mm-hmm. and you're like, this person, uh, right now, am I just entertaining this person's psychosis by pretending like this is real? Like that I'm a figure of authority in the Catholic Church and I somehow am lending any credence to this person's weird fantasy. Is that helping them or I don't know. I mean well, so you can started... you can care for people's physical right. needs. Did you give them the you know, a plate of food and a place to stay or a coat? But when a person is like that, how do you help them? That I think that's one of the hardest things. Yeah. Because we have so many so much resource in this country to help people that need help. And we, when we do that, we're generous in general. But when this person is like, would rather be homeless or, or is kind of incapable of having a stable life, mm-hmm. that's when our categories for like utilitarian sort of utopias break down. That's very Like true. if everybody just had enough food or if there was just enough housing or jobs, then everything would be good. But Yeah, you certainly throw a wrench into that with those type of illnesses mm-hmm. entering the equation. I'd honestly have never thought about that in in that light. But it's very true. And even even that question of the person that in a sense, I don't know that anyone really prefers homelessness or whatever. Oh but, sure. Yeah. But but in a sense, yeah, like the people that have because of this mental illness, so not like them choosing it, but in their state, choosing this over and over to live this lifestyle that doesn't allow them to hold a job or, you know, seek help or whatever. Maybe their family that cares about them doesn't even know where they are because they kind of run away or they want to hide. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's Well, it's, it's such an interesting distortion, it seems to me. Like, just to use this fellow as an example, he said, you know, I don't do any drugs. Like, this is what people have told me and all this stuff, and... He's clearly very smart, like, mm-hmm. reads a lot, but there's that, so it's not a lack of intelligence, but it's like, there's just a little bit that's missing, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't really put your finger on it, you know, he's telling me all this literature, of course, when he starts, he did the old, I'll send you a YouTube video, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it'll clear week. everything and up. that's when I last said, I, I said, dude, you have to monitor, like, what you, what you intake, yeah. And he said, look, you got to have an open mind. And I pulled out the old Chesterton. The only advantage, the only good thing about having an open mind is so that you can find something solid to clamp down on. Yeah. Like, openness is not an end in and of itself. Yeah. It's so that you can find the truth. Just like our mouths are meant yeah. to close on something solid. Exactly. Yeah. So he was, he was in agreement with me there. And he was like, yeah, you're right. There's crazy YouTube videos out mm-hmm. there. But these ones... <laughs> Like, These ones yeah. you got open your yeah. mind and clenched down on some yeah. of this yeah. gooey stuff. Your pineal yeah. gland isn't operating properly. That's why you don't get it. Yeah. Ah, man. Actually, were you in the room? I think it was my friend Becca who came in over the weekend was telling the story of this this guy at a hospital. No, it was uh, it was Arisman, Steve Arisman, that told me the story. So he... well, this will be good. <laughs> this will be good. <clears throat> So he worked at the um, at the hospital before he was a seminarian, and he said that 
you, they would let, especially in the cold weather, if they weren't busy, they would let um, these homeless people like come in and at least get get warm. Mm-hmm. So he said he gets like got to know these guys, um, a few of them, and this one guy was just like off the wall one night. And he uh, was, like, saying how much, like, he loved all the employees there and, like, there's family and all this. Well, anyway, the guy literally just, like, falls over dead in this waiting area. Whoa. And so, I'm sorry, I guess he didn't, like, die right there, but he's brain dead. So they have him mm-hmm. hooked up to life support. But because they don't have any info on him or no family, they're going through the legal process to pull the plug at this point. Whoa. And it turns out that, like, in this process, in this legal process, this guy had a family. And so, and they were like, and Steve said, so they they finally get a hold of him. And he said they came in and this guy had, like, a wife, kids, and, like, clean-cut, successful family. But he had this... Um, I don't know if it was, if it started as really bad alcoholism or another type of mental disease but it just drove him oh my drove him mad and like the family kept trying to like help him he had a brother i guess that like even when it got so bad that like they couldn't get him back his brother like always kept tabs on him at least wow. and then they lost him like and at that point there was nothing they could do and so i guess his like especially his brother just felt awful that like this guy was hanging out at the hospital all the time. All oh the my time. gosh, dude, that's horrible. And so literally, like, they were trying to find him and couldn't because he was on the street. Yeah. And then they get a call that he's dead. Isn't that awful? And he ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's heartbreaking. <clears throat> so that's not even a, a that's not even a product of well, like he was born into these awful circumstances and just a victim of that or whatever. Like it's this a pure is, switch in the brain. Exactly, something went wrong. Like what? this is this is the successful, a successful guy, a happy guy. Yeah, and like something went wrong in his brain. Yeah, and that's how it ended for him. Well, so I think it's like, <clears throat> does the substance trigger that? Is or was did he have this you know mental disorder? And then it was latent until something right, and then something else came up because then you see a lot of homeless people they do have psychological disorders mm-hmm. and it's generally after a lot of substance abuse. Yeah. Um, so well, it may be like the chicken and the egg there. Which one? Yeah. Is see, the that, of which? that's the question though. Is like those things they can tie so easily into each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Either circumstances that they're in that lead right. them to... Or it's a way to medicate whatever. the exactly. problem in their brain. But there, uh, there was a lady, I was at the homeless shelter at St. Mary's on Friday morning, and there was a lady there, and she was... I felt really bad because I walked up and I thought she was saying something to me, and so I was like, oh yeah, what can I, what can I get you, you know? And, uh, and she was just talking to herself. Like, just talking to the air, you mm-hmm. know? And that's the lady, she's been there every day that I've, every week that I've gone, she's yep. been there at the shelter, you know? So it's just this cycle that, um, I don't know. So, like, someone someone like that, you're right. Like, we can provide material things for them, which is good, mm-hmm. but I don't know. How do, we, how do we enter into that better than we're doing and... I, I, I am convinced too. Obviously, I'm not. 
I'm not saying at all like, oh, you know, the devil's behind all this and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I really think that with people with mental um, handicaps, the there can be a spiritual influence very easily mm-hmm. for those people. There's certain stories that I've heard and um, can't say like any firsthand experience at all, but it just makes sense that they would be vulnerable to yeah. to that. What are you saying? That they are also... Um, I the think, devil could be involved I in think that. that our society... Yeah, our society is so terrified of saying like something spiritual is going on, they won't touch it with a 10-foot mm-hmm. pole. So it's like... Oh, let's just let's get a social worker in there. Let's get a social worker in here, or let's let's lock this person up. Like, there's nothing else we can do. Yeah. Um. Actually, the uh, the exorcist I heard talk. Yeah. He said that I don't. I I don't remember if this was his experience or another exorcist that he knew his experience. But he told this story both times I heard him talk, and he said that so this priest, whether it was him or another priest, would go to the psych ward. And he had certain patients that he would, or or people there that he would give communion to. And he said that he would have, so he would have Jesus in his, in his pocket going in. Mm -hmm. And he said people were just like absolutely vile to him. So like spit at him, cuss at him, yell at him. And then he said, literally he would distribute the Eucharist. And so he would be walking out without it on his Mm -hmm. person. And in a matter of like, 20 minutes or an hour or however long it was, the same people would be like, oh, hey, hey, Father, thanks for coming. Have a good day. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? And so his point was, you know, and he had a very, obviously a very real understanding of, like, you don't have to be possessed to be having a demonic influence. Mm-hmm. Or manifestation, even. Exactly, in your life. Mm-hmm. And so um, just how, like, that enters into the equation. I don't know, but just... Well, and even just to look at the uh, the first, the very original Exorcist movie, when the girl starts becoming more and more possessed, the possession becomes deeper and deeper. Remember, the whole time, even the priest who's there is trying to diagnose it psychologically yeah. using some science, you know? And that's the whole thing. They bring her through all those I don't they drill in her brain or something? And, yeah. Crazy. Oh, it's mm-hmm. foul, dude. But they, uh, like you said, they won't touch it with a 10-foot pole and the spiritual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. She has to be speaking in tongues and, you know, in Latin, mm-hmm. you know, some crazy demon voice after she's, you know, just been foul all over the carpet. And, uh, you know, that's just what it takes. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to put, oh, this is uh, this psycho- psychological disorder. Here. Which I think there's a, but again, there's just that hint of truth there. So that same exorcist, he would he was just adamant. And every time I heard him talk, and I had lunch with him when he came out to Nebraska and talked, and um, that you know, as the exorcist for the diocese, he is like the most skeptical guy in the room. Right. So he wants all the psychological analysis done. And, like, it to be very, very confident that like, there's nothing that can be done. And, and obviously there's other signs that he knows to look for through his training in exorcisms yeah. to do that. Um, but that also entails using psychologists that believe that there is a spiritual part of life. Right, right, you know? right, right. So, I mean, I'm sure he uses those resources as as well. But there's just that, there's that hint of truth there because it's like, yeah... 
I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of people with just mental problems that think they're possessed or Oh, yeah. How many crazy whatever. people have you talked to that are like... For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. There's a ghost in my house. Mm-hmm. And that's what's making me yeah. act this way. And... Yeah. He said he told this story of a kid that came in and it was like... I can't remember the exact story. I think it was a teenage kid and his dad. And they were both convinced that the kid was possessed. And so he said they would just carry around like jugs of holy water and like <laughs> douse this kid in them. And so he said they're sitting in his office and he's just like, you are wasting my time. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You know, it, but. I don't know what the problem is, Father. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a super soaker full of holy water. And we <laughs> just rage on him. We every wake time, him up with it. I don't. Every time he misbehaves, we just shoot him. <laughs> Right in the face. <laughs> 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 um, but he had this he had this great line and he um because he's yeah, he was a good speaker and um just just a really good priest it seemed like and he said that you know most of the people that he talks to, which is like multiple people per week call him um with do they know his name, or are they call the diocese? And... I'm sure they get it from the diocese. Okay. So he is, um, like he he says he's the diocesan, you know, exorcist. Mm-hmm. And, and you know his he goes and speaks. Yeah. Exactly. And um, so anyway, he goes. It, 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 another interesting thing he said: that over fifty percent of the calls he takes are non-Catholics because mm-hmm. they've gone to someone, and they're and something is going on enough for the person to be like you need to talk to a priest. Like, mm-hmm. the, the you know, the church is where to go. Which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Um, to say, to say the least. But, so he said, honestly, where he gets to it with a lot of people is that they, they come and they meet with him. And, you know, again, through his training, like, this isn't a possession or whatever. But um, just the fact, so he was really big on the sacrament of confession is way stronger than the rite of exorcism. Mm. And so, obviously, there are situations that need the right of exorcism. Yeah. But you know, so he just tells people, he's like, "Well, you know, get rid of the, get rid of the crap in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, quit watching." Well, because in the, the book of Revelation, what is the devil? He's the accuser. Sure. Know? So he hangs on to whatever thing you're most ashamed of or most sure. afraid will get out or yeah. whatever. And or said he said he had gone to like he had gone to houses before and like. Okay, then the dad's computer screen has a bunch of, like, demonic images on it mm-hmm. and stuff from some stupid video game he's playing or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, okay, get rid of that, and then they won't, you know? And so but so he said there's always something. So he's like, get rid of the crap, go back to confession, and go back to mass. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're good. Like, unless you invite it in at that point, it, they can't mess right. with you. you the power know? of grace is, like, this general Exactly. Light. And he said people just, like... They're just like, what? No way, you know? But he said... No, if, this is a culture where we take pills to get rid of problems. What he Give said, us the pill. <laughs> what he said was so funny. We was like, those same people that tell me, like, oh, you have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, if I would tell them, like, okay... What you a, need to do is a, crack an egg <laughs> over your head. Get a rubber chicken. Yeah. Cut its head off. <laughs> at the first <laughs> room, at so 1.15 a.m. Not 1.14 a.m. Yeah. 1.15 a.m. Do six... Circles around your house and jump up and down twelve times mm-hmm. and it'll go away. Yeah. And they, they said they would like it. take out their notepad yeah. and do it to the T. Mm-hmm. But hey, uh, go back to confession and and go to mass. Yeah. Like, 
whatever, Father. Oh, yeah. ch- institutional <laughs> church. Yeah. Typical. You probably just want to fill a collection <laughs> basket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, isn't there, um, I can't remember the actual story, but uh, the king who's one of the pagan kings, this is in the Old, the Old Testament, um, goes over to... Yeah, it's Neymar. It's Neymar? Jesus, Jesus uh, <clears throat> references it when he's talking against the Pharisees. Like, That's right. There were lots of lepers in Israel. Mm-hmm. Only Neymar, the is it the Syrian, mm-hmm. was healed. And uh, yeah, that's exactly that's the exact same story, right? He's like, dude, if I want to go jump in a river, like we got tons of rivers. Because it's it's either Elijah or Elisha. Let's get those guys. Yeah, that's up. right. But he goes to Elijah, I think, and and says, you know, I heard that you're a big prophet for Yahweh, so fix this leprosy. Like, just wash in the River Jordan and call it good. <laughs> and River Jordan, it would be like, it would be like somebody come to Mundelein and saying, just go, like, splash some water from the lagoon of the lake onto your face <laughs> and you'll be healed. Right. Like, yeah, right. You know, give me something hard to do because right. must, that must be what it is. Like, that goes to the whole human uh It would be like that, someone to say... Why don't you go to Mass and Confession and get the porn off your computer, and then that might take care of it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. That's what you guys that, always say. Yeah. I bet that would work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical priest. Yeah. Hmm? Classic priest answer. Of course, get rid of the porn. <laughs> but the whole the so whole good. human direction, like paganism, is this, <clears throat> we do something to manipulate the gods into protecting us or continuing the seasons or fertility of the ground or rain or something yeah. like we need to do something that the gods like so that they do stuff that we like yeah but the whole biblical story culminating in jesus is god doing stuff for israel first and yeah. then being offered an opportunity to be in relationship the relationship is a covenant where god promises to be faithful and he can't not be faithful because it's who he is to love and Israel can either say yes and receive that, or they can turn away like Adam and Eve did from the beginning, and, just, and they always just keep turning away until Jesus comes and fulfills the covenant and says, I'll do it for you, mm-hmm. and I'll even live in you from here on out to get this done so that you can keep receiving God's action, which initiates the relationship, so that you guys are the receivers. That's the way it's meant to be. But we humans, we get it backwards. We think... Oh, God must ex- uh, you know must be just waiting there up there in heaven for us to do what He likes, and you see this in like the History Channel stuff about the Bible. It's always some code. The Bible is like a freaking code that needs to be like alphanumerically decrypted, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that we can figure out you know how it corresponds to Nostradamus and the A bomb or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, where it couldn't just mean what it says, which is this is how. God has worked in history and has offered humanity a relationship to, to come back to him. That's the story. It's just one story. The father created children to love them. The children turned away and he went to the greatest possible lengths to win them back. Yeah. And every one of our stories, every one of our lives is a participation in that story or it's not. It's That's either so we fun. get won back by God in his love and his willingness to do everything to get us back. To, to to win us over with his love. Or we can say, no, it's not good enough. I'll, I'm going to go my own way and I'm going to 
eat the garbage with the pigs and the prodigal son, you know? I'm yeah. just going to do this instead. And if you read the Bible, that's what it means. And what we want is something like the pagans where there's a, some code to it. Like, life is just about figuring out the secret, you know? And, and, and it's, even so though we're such them. modern science technology, we, you know, we can see into the heavens with these telescopes, we shoot into space... And we know so much about natural history. We still are superstitious pagans. Down, to, I mean, people in the suburbs going to psychics. I guarantee you. There's a psychic with it. Um, by the and these people are complete <laughs> charlatans, man. They take rotten eggs and break them and say, "This is the poison that was in you. This black stuff that's coming out of this egg. Look at that. You know, like just this total magic trick stuff." And we're like, "Oh." I feel so much better. Or they'll like take a deck of cards out and say, oh, the jack represents the fact that you have unrequited love in your life. <gasps> How did you know that I was in love with someone that didn't love me? Because that happens to everyone. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The horoscopes. And, I mean, it's in the newspaper, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. Somebody there's, died. There's a psychic on Milwaukee, right? It's close to the juvenile center I worked at last year. Oh, really? Year. Yeah. And it, it just it says, like, on the, uh, the sign by the road, it's like, psychic. And then there's a there's a house yeah. there. So, like, there. How would you like, not be ashamed of going into a place like that? I think... As well, a modern, like, scientific but person. But see, like, even that... It, I would say that in the secular culture, there's even a greater stigma of being Catholic... Like, oh, superstitious, crazy people. And they're like, but we can shrug this off. Like, oh, it's just kind of fun. It's like going to Vegas or yeah. something. Like, I'm going to go like, get oh, my fortune every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, how is that going to get your palm read? You know, how is there less of a stigma for that than but I think, the church? But honestly, I mean, I think that, at least in some way, fall the blame falls on the church as mm -hmm. a whole. Because, like, people are hungry for God. Like, they want God in a very real way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of each generation that's alive now has been handed a lot of garbage from the church, mm -hmm. whether it be through scandal or just poor catechesis or poor understanding of who God is or whatever. It's like the church hasn't been there. And I think that goes throughout history. The church, in a lot of ways, you know, is this human institution and it like makes no sense that it's still here because mm -hmm. we screw things up so bad but there again like people are longing for god and we have what they need we just need to get it to them yeah and so it's just i don't know like people in the people in the church i think oftentimes come up with these like grand like business model plans or whatever to to, like, you know, win people back and convert the masses. And it's good. Like, I think we should employ that stuff. But I think oftentimes people just need to hear, it's like, please come back. Because, mm -hmm. like, we're a family and we're not okay without you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times fallen away Catholics have not heard that yeah. from the church. <clears throat> maybe maybe, maybe that's not the church's fault in all, in, certainly not in all respects, mm -hmm. but just... People need to hear that. It's like, listen, yeah. Like, we don't care what you've done. Like, I don't care what you've done or what you've been into or how many psychics you've been to or, yeah. like, what other crap you've been in. Like, just please come back. Yeah. Because, like, you know this is home. Right. And, I don't know. Well, and that's and the we beauty you. of it. Yeah. It's like, 
<clears throat> when you have said that you've done all that stuff where you know that that's where you are when you're really far away, that's when you need it the most, mm-hmm. right? And that's the whole lie that Satan tells us. is like, oh, you're so far away right now. It would be so dumb for you to even mm-hmm. go. Like, you're not ready to go to confession. You're not even... You're such a big sinner. Like, oh, this is never this get, a whole annoying you know? thing about lightning. Oh, I think lightning would strike me if I went into a church right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... What? Yeah. God are you saying, like are you a Babylonian? <laughs> <laughs> you think that lightning is going to strike like obviously you're joking, right. right? You're not being serious, but you don't actually think lightning is. But there's some weird feeling that people have that God is really ticked mm-hmm. at them. Yeah. And <laughs> they're not coming into a church means that they can keep hiding from him. This omniscient, right. all-loving, all-powerful God who created them right. and is with them all the time. As long as they stay out of church, <laughs> they'll be cool. Like, they can keep kind of on this path. And that God's not constantly actually there with them, inviting them into a deeper relationship. That if you just took one step off of the direction you're going, that he would do the rest. Yeah. And, you know, you can see it in so many conversions, live, in person. Mm-hmm. When someone converts and they just turn, you know, take that little step back, they are on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, God pours graces into that little yes. And you can see it. And I think of that girl that helps down at um, the, the Franciscans food giveaway. Her name's Courtney. And she is just on fire for the church. Mm-hmm. She held that night fever as well. Oh, yeah. She went to you high, right? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. 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 And I she's she's a convert and uh you know, she just that's all she would talk about is just it took a little bit of mercy and just a little turn back to God mm-hmm. and how much he's blessed her just for that little motion of, Yeah, God, I want you, you know? And that's how much God wants us. He's gonna fill you to the brim mm-hmm. with grace and with joy and happiness. Father Father Mike Smith <clears throat> has this great line in one of his homilies, and he's he's talking to students, obviously at UMD, and he's like, he's like, okay, this is gonna seem really weird, but my prayer for you guys in this chapel is going to be either that you get everything you ever have dreamed of and everything that you've ever asked for, or that you absolutely get nothing and like you just get shoved to the bottom. He said, because if either of those things happen, you're going to realize that you need God in your life. Because mm. if you get everything you ever wanted, at some point you're going to realize it's not enough. And if you get absolutely shoved to the bottom, like you're going to realize that God is right there with you. And like he will go to the depths with you, mm. and bring you and bring you back out of it. But he's like, but if you just stay in this like, this middle like, I used like the suburbia as a stereotype of like, yeah, we're doing well, but like we always have this list of things we want that can kind of keep our minds occupied or, um, I mean, we could have a 57 inch TV instead of exactly. 54. Exactly. It would be three inches bigger. Oh, and imagine watching curling in the winter Olympics <laughs> on a 50. I can't even see who's playing on yeah. this 54 inch TV. Dang it. It's like a waste of time. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Why even buy it? Why did we buy this again? I don't know. If you're if it's not fifty seven, I don't want it. Just burn it. I don't get out of bed for less than fifty six. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean it, it is very true. It just takes it just takes a little bit. But 
I, the devil hates it, man, and he'll tell us whatever he wants, and he knows. That's the thing when you like when you think about the devil and how how good he is. Obviously, not to praise him, but really to understand the being that he is, mm-hmm. how powerful he is, and how he's been around since you know man has been around, and how well he knows man to exactly what will get man to get them to fall. You know, he's had billions and billions of years mm-hmm. to work on the perfect way to tempt us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a wily. How long do you think humanity has been around, Mike? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess probably not a billion. But <laughs> <laughs> creation is, what is it, 6, 17? It's creation. How many is a quintillion? Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And down.